Good evening, bowlers. Welcome to the 13th episode of A Step Back. Here, my main man, Jacob Moses, and we welcome in our special guests from the Audible Football Life, the other half. Matt Bushnell, welcome, buddy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, I'm the better half of the Audible. But, you know, we got to throw Randy some love occasionally. Oh, no, we, we, we love Randy, man. He's, he's, been, uh, he's been on a few times, and he knows his stuff. And what would you guys do over there in football life? Man? Absolutely. Let's kill it. Keep it going. Yeah, just a long family of life podcast groups, man. It's been a pleasure doing it and watching all of these grow. So it's an honor for me to be on this one. Um, I don't usually get associated with great basketball knowledge, but I'm going to bring something to the table tonight. Oh, man. So tonight we are going to talk about uh, Celebrate Week. Uh, I'm going to get uh, Matt's thoughts on the documentary, players, and touch a little bit on the return of the NBA. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's a nice shirt you got there, uh, Jacob. Thank you. It's priceless. Melon is priceless now. Well, yeah, we'll get into that yet. But no. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, man. So uh, last week we hit on the 90s, uh, touched on a few players, Grant Hill and, and uh, Charles Barkley, touched on the 96 uh, this week, we're going to touch on the 80s. Bat. You're, we know you're hugely associated with football, but, you know, who's been your favorite basketball player coming along? Whew, I, I loved watching. So, look, look, for historical context, growing up, we had cable, ESPN Classic, and during the summer, we didn't have a whole lot to do. It was either play basketball didn't have enough guys for baseball, didn't have enough guys for football. So when we weren't playing basketball, we just sit watch ESPN Classic. And it was always NBA Finals time. So they always played back those 80 era games. I remember the 4-4-4-6ers with Moses Malone, Maurice Cheeks, Dr. J, um, some of those Boston Celtic teams with Mikhail, Paris, Dennis Johnson, Bird, of course, the Lakers with Magic Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Most unstoppable shot I've ever seen in basketball. I still haven't seen anyone duplicate or even come close to making a shot as consistently as Jabbar made that sky hook. Um, even, even Bill Walton with those Celtics teams. It's just, I, I love the 80s for a lot of different reasons. The most important reason was 1984, number three overall pick, Michael Jordan, the torturer of franchises in the 90s, brought Chicago to prominence where it belongs. So obviously Jordan's my favorite player of all time. You can pick the eighties or nineties, whichever one you want. <laughs> and Jacob is hurting because he just can't get enough. Oh man, what's going on in America? Now I gotta hear about this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can do nothing but bow down to his greatness. You know, as a Nick fan, it's it was great watching him. Unless he played the Knicks, because as I've stated before, 
all he did was kick the Knicks' ass. I can't even remember him having a bad game against the Knicks. It, like, even when he came back, wearing those tight-ass shoes. 55, like, what? Really? You couldn't take a break? I mean, just, you know, give us a check. Well, we almost won that game. But, you know, anyway. Let's well, Jake, still, uh, yeah. if he was playing in the garden, it was over immediately. You just knew it was done. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it was... Man, I had two good years. I was like, damn, he's gone. Hell yeah, we're going to see him no more. I'm back. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> what the hell are we going to do now, man? But yeah, he's. I just got to give it up to Mike. He's, he's the GOAT. Give him that. But he definitely did kick our ass. <laughs> yeah, you know, I find it interesting, too, because when we talk about the 80s, I think a lot of those players get forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. Moses Malone was fantastic, especially in his prime. One of the first players to come out of high school. And, I mean, he was a man when he came out of high school, a lot like LeBron James. Uh, Obviously, LeBron's a lot better. He's a lot more gifted passer than Moses was. But Moses just made a big difference. Dr. J, I never feel, gets the respect that he should get. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to turn this on you guys and ask you guys a couple questions, too. All right. Who is the best player you saw in the 80s? Whew. That's past my generation. <laughs> I'm an 86 kid, but from the 80s? Mm. I got to go MJ when you think. I mean, that, technically, from the 80s, the best player I've seen it definitely was Jordan. You know, we had Akeem. We had my man Pat. Yeah, it's just so many guys out I mean, Bird, I, you know, we called him at the end his career, so you're just like, eh, Magic, same thing. I mean, but it got to be MJ, because he was basically in his prime when we were growing up, so it was, it definitely got to be MJ. Yeah, so my favorite player was Magic growing up, but I, like, like Jacob, I caught him at the tail end, so I watched a lot of his stuff going back, and he was a wizard with the ball, he can do anything. I mean, his shooting wasn't that great, but what he did with the ball and just made other people better, mm-hmm. that, was, that was just my thing. I just wanted to play like Magic. Absolutely. Uh, I was going to say Ewan, but, you know, that's just me being biased. But Ewan was – he was that guy. You talk about dominant big men. He did everything well on the floor, defended. He had a nice little mid-range game, you know, right at the foul line. He, he was the heart of the Knicks, you know. Ball, freaking, yeah, damn right they tanked. I will gladly say it. I don't care. It changed our history for the most part. But um, he was he was great. And, I mean, just seeing Pat, you know, we won a big game. It's like he was giving the Garden a big hug and put his arms out like that. I mean, he had us – he had it live in the 90s. And I give him that. But he's one of the 50 greatest players. You got to love it. Coming out, of, coming out of Georgetown, playing for the Knicks. We haven't seen one since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love Ewing's game too. I, I know he catches a lot of grief, and you know that Pippen poster hurts when you see it. But looking back at the '80s, and I briefly, I think I briefly talked to you guys about this. I'm not sure we talk about LeBron going back in the '80s, and he'd be fine. You know, I'm not even worried about LeBron. I think the one great player from the '90s slash 2000s that would suffer the most is Shaq. Because we're talking Walton, Hakeem, 
Kareem, David Robinson in his prime, Ewing in his prime. I mean, a lot of young, great big men. And Shaq would have still been great. I don't know if he would have been as great or as dominant. You know, it, it wasn't like you had a bunch of Rick Smiths out there or Greg Ostertags or uh, Brad Millers. I mean, Rick would be in trouble, so. That is true. I mean, I, I do like the Duncan Dunch, Dutchman. No, he, he was great. He killed everybody in the East, man. He, mm -hmm. as I know, he had that nice little. His form was really good, though. He had that nice little. He get you on a on the elbow, or he'll get you on a baseline jumper. Leave it up there. I'm like, wow, this, this guy is really. He wasn't the most free to put. He reminded me of a Yogi. That's exactly who he reminds me of. Have a nice oh. little touch. Mm -hmm. And he's crafty. But, I mean, he was, that's another one. That's a good one. I like that, man. Rick Smith. Shout out to Marish. Shout out to you, Randy. It's funny you, you mentioned Shaq in that light because, you know, he was good defensively, but he struggled when he had to leave. And a lot of those guys in the 80s, you know, they had the mid-range touch. You could step out a bit. Keem, Patrick, David Robinson. So I, I tend to agree. You have to make him work on both ends. That's pretty good. I think what separates Shaq, and you know, obviously he, he physically dominant, mm -hmm. but we saw what Hakeem did to him in the finals. I mean, Hakeem just took him to school every game. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, with the Lakers, Shaq had Kobe when he won his championships, and then Dwayne Wade. So. I don't want to say that Shaq wouldn't have been great. You know, I don't want to say that at all because I think he would have been. But just the skill set of those centers in the 80s was so vastly different than the skill set of the centers that we see today. We saw the centers with the 80s with more touch. Obviously, they weren't stretching out to the three-point line, like stretch fours we see, and now we see small lineups. But the centers, once they got you in the post – I think I read something like Hakeem had close to four or five different moves depending on where he had you on the block. Yes. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, you can't defend it. No, you can't. <laughs> you don't even see that. If you even get like a hook shot out of one of these big mini days, you're just like, oh, okay. But I mean, the dream shake, you know, he had a little fall away shot too. If you remember, he will little shake this way, he'll go back. I mean, Man, he, he was really, he was something else. But another one that gets overlooked because I think we saw him later in his career, Robert Parrish, he was really good. Like, looking at his numbers, he was, he was, he was a beast. I give him that. And he just rebounded well. He had a nice little touch around the rim. You know, nice little, I didn't see him, like, mid-range. I can't call it mid-range because, you know, eight to nine feet. But still, he... He was another good one. It's a lot of underrated players that you you look back and you're like, wow, he was good. You know, the what? Lando Blackman, that's one. Alex English, we watched the game. I mean, there's obviously Bill Lambert wasn't like the best offensive player, but he did everything good on the floor besides that. Um, but it's it's a lot of underrated players. I say the eighties decade wise with basketball, it's it's hard to beat. Just the collection of talent you would get. And I think we see a lot of small ball lineups now, and even size, we talk about size. And I'm glad you brought it up, Jacob. Those Celtic teams were huge. 
I mean, Parrish was seven foot, uh, Walton seven foot, McHale was what, 6'10", 6'11", Bird 6'7", 6'8". I mean, Dennis Johnson wasn't short either. I think Dennis Johnson 6'5"-ish. Yeah, he's 6'5". Gerald Henderson too, he was another one. He wasn't small. They, they had some size. Yeah, and like you mentioned, uh, Hakeem, and I didn't realize that Moses Malone taught Hakeem all moves. Mm-hmm. So that's it, it, something to behold. It, it, Kevin McHale, like you, you compare him to Kate. And a lot of a role played uh, from the 80s. Mm-hmm. All of them had mid range. I mean, that was just the mid range game, that's how it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three point line seemed like a non existent. But Orlando Blackman, uh, Alex English, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Joe Dumas. Uh, I'm getting a few, but I'm pretty sure they'll come to me in a, in a moment. Uh, Vinny Johnson? Yeah, Vinny Johnson, Vinny Johnson, Microwave. Mm-hmm. These guys were all physically gifted. Bernard King? Vinny, Bernard, there you go, Bernard King. Michael Ray Richard. Mm. Daryl Dawkins. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Guys, yeah, put up 50, 50 on a given night. Mm-hmm. Look at Larry Bird, he made up look easy. And these guys want like a number. Mm-hmm. Magic and Larry. And then there's everybody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they're constantly always in the finals playing for the title, I mean, how can it not be Larry and Magic? I mean, you just talk about it. Just such a dynamic pairing, even when they played at Michigan State and Indiana State. Um, those two, even now, still are almost like brothers. They call each other a lot. And you saw that magic on the court between those two. Like, they were brothers, but they wanted to beat each other like brothers. You know, I, I hated losing my brother in anything. So I can only imagine how it was that like at the NBA finals, you're going against one of your best friends in all the NBA and you just, you, you want to win. You're so competitive. I cannot lose to this guy. Yeah, it's not like, you know, J.R. Smith giving a dap on the sideline during the play. So it was friendly competition. No. But it, it was, you know, it was expected. You know, it's not like, you know, Bobby Dubby went out there to beat you and you could take a look at that difference in the All-Star. We took a look at the 87 All-Star game, and which actually went into overtime. They played defense throughout. Barkley out there throwing elbows. Uh, Moses Malone got a, had a tip in to go in overtime. I think it was West won by uh, by ten, if I'm not mistaken. But they played hard throughout the game, and you look throughout the years, and the All Star game progressed because they became friendly, and it's just you know guys don't want to get hurt. Yeah. But those those A's games were pretty pretty good, and it was the dunk contest. That was nice. Yeah, and I think an interesting thing I saw, and I feel for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in this era a little bit as well. He played with Oscar Robertson when Oscar was at the end of his career. He had four years with Oscar in Milwaukee. And then as Kareem's aging, and I guess it's to the benefit of Kareem where he got to win more titles with a very talented Magic Johnson, 
But I just wonder, Kareem with a prime Oscar or a prime magic, or I'm sorry, Kareem in his prime with magic, not a prime magic. Magic was in his prime when he came into the league. Fantastic. So Kareem's one of the more interesting players you'll see, I think, in the history of the NBA, just the longevity and his ability to just know where everything's going on the court. And I'm not sure if you guys talked about – well, I'm sorry, you guys did talk about the – 30 or the Bulls documentary and when Rodman spoke when I always played basketball I mean I didn't have a really good outside shot I had no handles but I could rebound you know I just wanted to rebound all the time just stick me down in the post I'll put it back up occasionally but hearing Rodman talk about rebounding just got my you know brought those memories back and those juices flowing like how he would study shooters and where the ball would deflect off the rim I mean, that's next level stuff right there for an NBA, to hear that from an NBA player. I know they do it, but to actually hear it, that's pretty special in my book. Sure, it was an art. Yeah, I, I also found that really because I, I modeled my game after Magic, Hakeem, and Rodman. I tried Magic's uh, playmaking ability. I tried Hakeem's low post and I tried to use Rodman to study rebounds, try to position, you know, study angles, all that, all the deal. So you mentioned Rodman and the, the Pistons. Isaiah Thomas. The more I watch him, the more I, I really get amazed at how, how good he really was. Oh, yes. The shooting, playmaking ability. All of it. I, I mean, I can't. I mean, he was he, awesome. Yeah, he was Derrick Rose with the jump shot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was a blur. I mean, he's tough as nails. I mean, it's just him trying to play when he tore his Achilles, I believe. He was trying to play on it. I mean, it's just he had an edge about him when he stepped on that court. It was just. Like I said, amazing to see. I think Kyrie should change his number. <laughs> should be a lot more 11 after watching Isaiah play. But um, like Leon said, it, jumper, you know, quick, extremely quick. Just watching that Nuggets game, that right there, just how quick he was able to get to the rim. He just, Thomas, dribbles down the court, boop, score. And I'm like, whoa, damn, I didn't realize he was that freaking quick. And, that, mm-hmm. and playing in the land of the big men, Especially in the East at that time, it, man, unbelievable. Yeah, those Cavs team, uh, Brad Doherty, Larry Nance, mm-hmm. I mean, they were rebounding kids. I mean, they were, they were big guys, so they're real impressive. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even get into Dominique. And, and I didn't know he tore his uh, ACL, I think. Mm-hmm. Missed the year, came back and jumped higher. Which I have high hopes for KD now. <laughs> KD doesn't need to jump. Look no. at his, he's good. His, look at his jumper as it is. He hardly gets off the ground. He's 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 money. But yeah, was, Dominic was another one. You talk about just thunderous. He got explosive. Just. Anything with some kind of just bomb in it, he would dunk the ball. It's not like it hurt. <laughs> I mean, if you would get dunked on, it would just 
Man, was, that's what I said, man, you're lucky, though. You get to saw, you saw some of it, some of the 80s, and that, that's that glorious time right there. You caught a lot of dudes, like, in their prime, in their heyday, just, man, I definitely give you props for that. That's, oh, man, I wish. <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember, so I, I grew up in 80, born in 82, so not that much older, but, you know, just a sports, sports was always on in my house, and I don't know when the NBA Finals came off tape delay, I know it was in the 80s at some point, and I'm pretty sure it was the first Finals with Magic and Bird, because obviously you cannot have that on tape delay, that's, that's prime time viewing right there, but you talk about this era of, even the drafts, you take a look at the drafts. Carl Malone, Clyde Drexler, Ewing, Jordan, even Hakeem, Barkley, yeah. Like all, all this talent. And I mean, even Stockton was drafted in the 80s, and Stockton's one of the best point guards to ever play. Reggie Miller, I'm not sure what year Miller was drafted. I think he was 87. Yeah. <laughs> and David Robinson, I think that might have been the David Robinson draft as well, 87 or 88. But all these great young players are starting to come in the league, and you, you hear about them in college, and you know who's coming. I don't want to say it takes away the mystique with the one-and-done rule in college, but when these guys were coming into the NBA, you knew these kids, you know, and you kind of knew you were going to get those Georgetown, Georgetown teams with – um, Alonzo Mourning, when he was coming up, Alonzo was so good too. We talk about another talented big man. But the, the 80s were fantastic for talent. It, it was really the 90s may have where it all came to a head championship wise, but I would argue anybody to say that the 80s wasn't the best performance on court of basketball of all time. I mean, the, the collection of talent, young kids in their primes flying. So, so, I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, college was really good, too. <laughs> looking back on some of the tapes, it's just, wow, man. It's, you know, and that's when the Big East, uh, one of my friends, Chris Borman, he always said, when the Big East back then, that was much CTV. Georgetown, St. John's, Syracuse was decent. I mean, it, Seton Hall, yeah. Seton Hall, yep. Yeah. Anybody can win it. Yeah, man. That's, you take a look at the era, too. I think that was the end of the Pac-Pan um, coming out of the UCLA era. And the Big East just exploded. It really did become the mecca of basketball, college basketball. Uh, the players that you saw come out of there was just fantastic. Yeah. And I, you mentioned... Uh, Ben Bias. Mm. You know, it's unfortunate uh, uh, passing. Rumored to be better than Jordan. I mean, of course, we'll never know, but uh, it goes to show again the college talent in the 80s was just surreal. Yeah, the thing about bias, and I'm going to show my bias towards Jordan here but no pun, but Len was so good, so fast. He had every tool that you, you know, we talk about baseball with five tools. I mean, Len Bias could do anything on the court that he desired at any point in time. I never felt like 
Michael could do everything on the court. Obviously, he was an elite defender, elite scorer. Probably not the best passer in the league at any point. I don't think he could have passed the ball probably as well as Bias. But, man, Bias had those demons. I mean, when Jordan says he didn't do coke, I believe the man. If Bias said he didn't do coke, I'd be like, yeah, bullshit. You might be the only one who believed him. You know, if God says he doesn't do something, I'm going to take God's word for it. What was your thoughts on the uh, documentary as a whole? That's a good question. Uh, the Jordan mark that I am, I loved it. You know, seeing the competitive nature. I think that's the thing I relate to the most is just how competitive you have to be to win. Like, what are you doing at all costs to win? I remember when Jordan broke his foot, I maybe three, four years old at that time, and Jordan was going to kill somebody if he didn't get on the court. I honestly believe Jordan would eat his own kids if it meant that he could win another championship. He's just wired, basically a sociopath. So was it a Jordan puff piece? Absolutely, it was a puff piece for Jordan. I mean, he's not doing it unless he's going to come out looking good. Some people get their feathers ruffled about Pippen. That Pippen did those things. So I don't understand how you can be so upset. You're the one that decided that you didn't want to come back into the game. They didn't talk about the DUI. They didn't talk about the unregistered weapon that he was traveling with. I mean, they could have gone a lot deeper into some of Pippen's demons, and they kind of left those alone. I, I thought the episode on Phil was excellent. Uh, this, I can't get enough of Phil Jackson. I think being able to handle all those personalities, it would take years off my life. You talk about raising kids, making me bald. Man, I, I don't think I'd be alive if I had to coach Rodman, Jordan, Pippen, and then Kobe and Shaq. I mean, you talk about a collection of just – competitive alpha males. I mean, that had to be brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we all know what Phil was about to. <laughs> all that kumbaya. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'd, man, I'd be smoking one every day. <laughs> but, yeah, he was... He did his thing when it came to them. Just, yeah. yeah. You also mentioned the 83 Sixers. Is that your favorite team of all time? As a pure basketball fan, yes. It was the most fun team I've ever seen. I mean, they had personality. Dr. J had those Converse. I mean, those Converse were unbelievable. Everyone wanted a pair. So how could you not love Dr. J and those Converse, you know, thinking that you can dunk like Dr. J. Before everyone thought they could dunk like Michael, people thought they could dunk like Dr. J. And, you know, Moses Malone with all the post moves. I mean, Maurice Cheeks. That, that was just a fun team, man. It's really good. I wish they would have won the titles. Yeah, to, I mean, to go through Eastern Conference like they did and then just, just man of the Lakers, it was real impressive. Um, it, it, wasn't, it was not an easy road. You're talking about having to beat those Celtics teams. 
I think 83 might have been Pete Maravich's last year with the Celtics. And, I mean, obviously, Pete's remembered for his days, I believe, in New Orleans. Pistol Pete. But I was kind of surprised that he finished his career with the Celtics. I mean, I couldn't even imagine what it was like for those Sixers teams to have to go through a young, up-and-coming Detroit team. Who I think – did they win another title in the early 80s? I thought they may have won one earlier. Mm-hmm. No? Okay. So I'm misremembering my 80s a little bit. But, yeah, you just had a lot of tough roads. And I believe it was two divisions. I remember looking up the numbers in 1980. Boston was the number one seed in the East. They won 61 games. And then the other team, I believe, was Atlanta in the other division, and they won 50. The Sixers were the three seed, and they won 59 games. Good Lord. It's the top heavy. And a lot of those uh, other teams, you know, you, you mentioned the role players, uh, Mark Aguirre and Adrian Dantley. I didn't, I didn't know he won two or three scoring titles. I mean, the man could score. Yeah. Now, you know, Jordan had to shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the idea that they could put up 120, 130 points consistently without ever attempting a three it is weird, you know, considering how we watch today's game. You look at the shot chart in the 80s game, it's baseline, foul line jumper, and, and, and a layup. Mm-hmm. You know, like nobody, everybody was going to dunk the ball. Uh, unless you're Dr. J. Yeah. Dr. J has to dunk the ball. I, the 18 footer is always the most interesting shot in basketball to me. Uh, Tim Duncan really made it, brought it back when he was playing. I just always find how bad at math people must have been at the 80s when they had the three point line. It's like, man, three's more than two. So everyone's like, no, don't take that three-point shot. It's a terrible shot. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm telling Larry, I mean, you, you got a three. Shoot it whenever you want, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, what are we going to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry Bird on the bench. <laughs> but, yeah, you just saw it. You just make three passes, baseline. You know, if you get a shot, if you get anything under the rim, you take it. But that's when I played. I just I love mid-range. You know, no. You caught me by the foul line. I'm hitting it like half of the time. It was just that's why I liked it. Remember, I hated three point shot. I, I hated it. I didn't have the range to do it, but put me in that little area. But yeah, the the mid range is definitely it was great. And then not a lot of players do it anymore. Won't see it. I don't. I think it's like a disease kind of. I don't know why. <laughs> but you know who? Like somebody today. Maybe Bradley Bill, he's one of them. That has a nice mid-range, but he, you know, he'd rather shoot a lot of threes per game or try to get to the rim, but his mid-range would be really good if he took more of them. But Alice English, that was one that I loved his mid-range game. His form was weird, like Leon said. It was like a Kevin Martin kind of deal. He had, the form was... Yeah, it's all kind of funky. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it went in <laughs> consistently. And... Need to bring that back. 
I find it interesting how the coaches will look at it when it does get brought back. You know, Steve Kerr really just takes advantage of his guys that can shoot threes with Curry. Let me ask you guys this. Curry or Miller? Ooh, um, man. Uh, I got – no, it's not me being biased, not me hating Reggie. I'm going to go with Curry because at the clip he can shoot it at. Like, Reggie was good too. But Curry's just on another level. I mean, he's he's basically right behind Ray Allen right now. And, like, got to look at that. That's big. Reg, and Reggie, like I said, he was a killer. You know, the whole was eight points in whatever whatever the hell he did. It still pissed me off. But um, but he he was nice. He didn't have the prettiest – like I said, he didn't have the prettiest form. But it was amazing to watch him shoot. But I got to go with Curry. I, I, I can't doubt that guy. It's Curry for me. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm, I'm asking that to go Curry. I have it as Curry, Ray, Reggie. Mm-hmm. Only because Curry's range and his ability to shoot up in trouble. Reggie is the second best catch and shoot guy I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Ray is the first. But, you know, Ray had to quit. Oh, yeah. Although Reggie can shoot up a, up a curl like no other. So. Like I said, we're about, like I always said about Steph, all daddy taught was jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're 5'11", I mean, what else can you do? That was no slouch either, man. Uh, Dell was fantastic. I love watching Dell with the Hornets. Mm-hmm. I, I think... If I were to give my all-time shooters, obviously, I saw Bird pre-back injury. Bird was such a fantastic shooter. I mean, you talk about catch and shoot, he could get it off really quick. Miller, I just remember so many buzzer beaters by Reggie. It always just kills you. That was the one guy, every time the Bulls played them, I didn't want to see him shooting the ball with, you know, three seconds left. Don't let Reggie get the ball. But I... With Ray and Steph, Ray may be the best pure form shooter I've ever seen in my life. Like, if if you're teaching someone how to shoot a jump shot, just put on clips of Ray Allen all day. Like, that's how you need to shoot. Steph, probably the best pure shooter I've I've ever seen. And that, it hurts to say that over guys like Reggie and Larry, but... I mean, you just watch stuff. Anywhere on the court, once he gets past the half court line, he's a threat. You can't give him three feet. You can't give him two feet. Yeah, it, I mean, it's rare to have – when they say in the gym range, he is in the gym range. So, I remember that the game winner he hit against Oklahoma City in half court. Probably the best game winner I've seen since. Well, Tim Lillard was the second one when he knocked him out. Uh, when he knocked out Thunder in the playoffs. Curry is just out of this world. Yeah, I, I do think if Curry went back into the 80s, he would definitely be the one that struggles a lot in the 80s. With I think the hand checking would definitely mess up his rhythm a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I also feel you have guys like Ron Harper and Isaiah Thomas was not a slouch at all defensively. Nope. 
And I would imagine that if the Celtics were going to play the Warriors with Steph Curry, Dennis Johnson is going to be stuck on Curry, which is going to be hard for Curry to shoot over that big frame. I don't know. I would find it interesting to see if Curry could adapt his game to the 80s. You know, I'm sure if he's playing for Chuck Daly and he's chucking up threes, he won't be on the court too long. <laughs> Ron Harper's going to check on there. Ready at regular. <laughs> oh, I saw Craig come in and oh, what? They're like Mike. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, he wasn't gonna do anything either. Let's let's be real. Ron, you were a good defensive player, but Jordan would have got your ass too. <laughs> no, man. It, it doesn't matter what their names were. It could have been Gary Payton, Sean Payton, yeah, you know, Craig Elo, Craig Hodges. Doesn't matter. Craig Krenzel, old Bears quarterback. Doesn't matter. Jordan was gonna score on anybody. <laughs> oh man, that's definitely worth. Damn, that dude was a killer. But oh. another <laughs> that was good. I like that. Um, but the preparation for a lot of these shooters, though, like Ray Allen, he was the one, like you said, with the his form is just perfect. But his getting into the gym, what was it? Five ways, say five hundred to a thousand shots to every gym, like. When you're only dead and you talk about reps, 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 and he would not leave the gym until he got his reps. And just that guy, I don't know, that's, that's one person I can watch shoot all day. Give him the ball. Let's see when it's open. You knew it was going in. It's, man. And people forget, though, he was athletic, too, when he was in Milwaukee. He, Fantastic. He just, after just up with the heat, when he freaking got the rebound, it was wide open and everybody, oh, shit. You know that's going in. But, yeah, Ray Ray was, damn. I mean, imagine if Seattle, you know, just playing revisionist history here, if they would have kept Ray Allen. Let's say they still get Westbrook. They still get Durant. They're still young. But, man, you're talking about an older veteran Ray Allen who can really stretch the floor, give Westbrook another option to pass it to, and along with Durant's just lethalness wherever he's at on the court. You talk about Lewis. Don't forget yeah. about Carl Lewis. No, that was I another mean, shooter he had on that damn team. I mean, the, 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 that's a title team, in my opinion. I don't know how they lose. You can't defend that. With Westbrook's quickness, Ray could spot up, KD can hit you, Rashard was another one. I mean, Damn. Everybody uh, shoot. I'll, I'll tell you what will happen. It will happen the same way it happened the first time. Somebody's going to complain about the number of shots. <laughs> Westbrook's going to take too many. <laughs> and it, 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 I, I just think Ray Allen is too good of a shooter not to give him the ball. And mm -hmm. Westbrook is probably just going to do what he does now and just go crazy. Mm -hmm. All right, man, I got to ask you this question. As a Jordan fan. Okay, all right, I'm ready. How would he do? How would he do in today's game? How many would he score a game? It'd be anywhere between 36 and 38. <laughs> Probably 10 rebounds, four assists per game. Well, hold on. Let me preface this. Are we talking like 88, 89 Jordan? Or are we talking like 96, 97 Jordan? 
let's do 88, 89, because 96. Oh. Yeah, he's putting up 45 a game. <laughs> you know how he's going to the line? <laughs> None of his teammates are touching the ball. <laughs> but, yeah, that that's actually fair. I can see him just going crazy. Oh, man, with, with the up-tempo style that these coaches are now playing, mm-hmm. I mean – he played that with Doug Collins, and when Phil came on, like he was like, "All right, we kind of need to scale this back a little bit." For you, know, you can't argue with Phil Jackson's resume now. At the time, Jordan probably hated it. Like, dude, why are you taking the ball out of my hands? But oh, in today's game, and Jordan gets a bad rap for three-point shooting. No one can tell me. We talk about Ray Allen spending, you know. A thousand, fifteen hundred shots in the gym, you know, mm-hmm. chucking that up. Jordan would have did five, ten thousand shots in the gym to hone his three-point game. But yeah, he he got better at the end of his career. Like towards the end of his career, he he got he got better. I think he was good. He just didn't need to do it. Yeah, he could step in and hit that mid-range all day. You don't. Why would you need to? I wouldn't shoot threes either. If I could shoot like him, I'm gonna come in and bu- the fadeaway, an elbow. From the top, it not And then I think the, like, the way they were set up, mm-hmm. he, never had to, he never had to spot up in the three-point line. So, you know, in that triangle set, he's either in the post or he's in the, at the foul line. Mm-hmm. Don't need to – that's what you got Steve Kerr for. Sure. I mean, Steve may, may be the greatest three-point shooter of that decade. If Jordan cared more about threes, we know it would be Jordan. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with the Jordan love, I, I do have to say, when you read more about the person, I, I think that really matters a lot with what's going on in today's climate as well. Jordan was a shitty human being. I mean, just how you treat your teammates. I, I get the competitive urge and how he thought he had to with those guys. But it's like, really, man, you could have been more compassionate. You could have been a little bit more understanding. I forget who he wanted in a trade, but he wanted to trade, I think, maybe it was Pippen before they started winning all these titles. But I was, we saw Jordan, the GM with the Wizards, was atrocious. And, you know, the Bobcats are, are, are they the Hornets again now? Yeah. Yeah. They don't have anything we need to care about. So, I mean, if Jordan would have had the influence that LeBron has on, like, the Lakers, even he had on the Cavs, Jordan's not winning any titles. I mean, he's a terrible judge of talent. Mm-hmm. That is, man. That's a good point. <laughs> you mentioned that, I mean, he let Kemba walk. Probably the best player, you know, Charlotte's had in about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then you, you mentioned him as a human being, you know, so this week, you know, with all the events going on, he actually made a statement, which actually showed a bit of his uh, compassionate side, you know, so, which which is nice because, <clears throat> as you mentioned, through the years, he seemed to be out of touch and, just, you know, cared about numero uno. Um, it, it's nice to see someone of his stature finally come out and, you know, make a statement for, you know, what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. More than Dolan. Oh, my God. 
Jake, man, Jake, I feel sorry. I, I don't know how you guys are ever going to get a free agent. Never. You better pray to God we get somebody drafted and they hopefully stay. I'm surprised RJ was like, listen, get me the hell out of here. He's so used to winning that Duke and he comes here and he's just like, but, but yeah, I just don't, I'm sorry. Make a step. Knowing you're, once again, using your platform, you are the owner of the most profitable team in the NBA. Say something. This was your chance to go, you know what? We do stand behind this, you know, not the, the riot and the looting, but we are together as a people. Make a statement. Don't make no half-assed statement and then have Steve Stout or whoever the hell come back around and then make this. Come on. That, that statement was lame. I, I just I, I just cut it out. Once again, I'm going to do it on Uncle Joey. Cut it out. But anyway, just, just get it out of here. Just, oh, God. Man. It, that pissed me off. Like, seriously. It really pissed me off. For him to do that, it he set his back probably another five to ten years. <laughs> I mean, I can't understand how people fail at this time after time again. It's not hard. You know, obviously you want it to be genuine. You, you want it to be heartfelt. You want it to actually have some meaning. And for these people to keep on coming out and failing time after time after time again, it's, it's not that hard to say, you know, we support our team we support our community we're aware of the events that are ongoing and we're heartbroken by what's occurring and we pledge to do something whatever it is you know for a guy like dolan it's not much he inherited he, he never had to work a day in his life for anything nope. and it just shows how tone deaf he is to the entire situation and even jordan you know i, I respect jim brown a lot you know mm -hmm. jim brown obviously walked away from the browns after I think seven or eight seasons. And then he, he became really outspoken about a lot of topics for his community, what meant a lot to him. For Jordan, it, it wouldn't take much. Granted, with the whole thing, when he didn't support um, Nant in the North Carolina election, mm -hmm. I get it, you're playing basketball, whatever. You, you can kind of shrug that one off. It's not a good look, but you deal with that. Now you're in a position of power. No one can tell you th this is bad. I mean, he could have came out with this with Elton Sterling, um, Philando Castillo, mm -hmm. Sandra, you know, it, it, so many people. Why did this take so long for you to finally be like, this is wrong? Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it, that part bothers me the most about Jordan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> And you look at the other stars in the league, you know, LeBron, he's more or less outspoken, leads the charge and, and social awareness. And he's usually the first guy to make a statement or express his opinion. Uh, even a retired guy, Stephen Jackson, you saw him out in the forefront, uh, leading the parade, not the parade, the, uh, the protest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jalen out, Smith, uh, Stephen Curry. I mean, these guys are out there, and you have the owner of the Knicks in a league that is predominantly African American. It, it's just a bad look. Unbelievable. And also, what just came out today was 
I guess they had a, all no obviously no players, but they had a meeting about it. I'm like, dude, man, I, I'm honestly this is the first time I would say I'm hoping a Donald Sterling situation just comes out with him. I, I, I welcome that. I welcome. I just want him to slip one time. Just please, just don't just slip. Just, that's all you got to do. Slip one time. That's all it's gonna take. And boom, we back in business. But on a serious note, just just say something. Just come out and say we're together. That's all you got to say. Just don't even bring anything else up. We're all together. You know, it was wrong, like Matt said. We all know it was wrong. But for you to be that insensitive, man, you you will never get it. Ever. I mean, and even tying into the 80s, obviously, I want to be careful what I say here because white people might get offended by this. Sorry, no, no, what? <laughs> so, magic made them feel comfortable, right? Magic kind of de-weaponized the African-American culture to a lot of white people. But white people always go along with like, well, you know, my friend's black or, you know, I watched Magic Johnson, you know, I watched this. And it's like, that, that, those are not tools for change. Like, could Magic have done more in his career? Maybe. Um, I thought Magic did a lot of good. But we just see white people continually look at African-Americans like they're good enough to be on my television. They're good enough to entertain me, but they're not good enough to break bread with me. They're not good enough to teach me. They're not good enough to lead this country. You know, they're, they're not good enough to be a judge or a lawyer. I mean, we see so much of this stuff in our culture and there are so many white owners throughout all sports. And this is where Obviously, Dolan, you know, old money comes from, you know, a rich family. He doesn't get it. He never will. These people are just too far gone. Mm -hmm. Whereas I look at a guy like Jordan, he's experienced all of this. You know, before he became Michael Jordan, tell me 18-year-old Michael Jordan in North Carolina, just traveling. I mean, God forbid if he was caught with a white girl at any point during his life before he had stardom. But he, he could have been a force of change. But white people keep on looking at black people to make this change. And no, it's not on black people to make this change. We can't tell black people to change their ways when it's our thinking. It's the problem with us. It's not a problem with anybody else. I've heard excuses about rap music, you know, talking about hoes and shooting people up and all this stuff. It's like, well, your Johnny and Steve are listening to it. Obviously, you don't have that big of a problem. You're going to the store and buying it. So change your thinking, you know, white people to everyone. Change our thinking first. Let's understand that you know, these are people, we're all humans, we're all one, and stop acting like you're only, they're only equal to you on an athletic field. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not sure, you guys seen the Django Unchained, right? Mm -hmm. And the most ironic and stupidest thing I've ever heard in the movie, and I, I know Quentin Tarantino likes to throw stuff in there like this, but Man, when he started talking about the indents in the back of the skull proving some sort of level of intelligence, like, white people think this. 
Like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's so bad. And I was going to bring it, uh, man, I got to bring this story up. It was actually when I was working for the Mets. And, you know, we were talking about Lester's Millage. You know, I just had, I had a conversation with him or whatever. And somebody had a, like, they would get on him because he was young. You know, he had braids at the time. And I'm going to hear, oh, yeah, you heard um, Lastons. He he got a rap album out. I was like, okay, what, what did I got to do? And then him being a player, yeah, he got braids. And to this day, and I'm just like, and I was young, and I wasn't really, you know, whatever. Now thinking back at it, I'm like, he has a rap album. He has braids. And I'm like, oh, really? So he's not, so you're saying, what, he's not going to be on the team? Like, what, because he has these things? I mean, he has, you know, my features without the hair. I'm like. What the hell? If you can play ball, you play ball. That's, that doesn't affect you as a person. And I've seen a lot of people up here, you know, a bunch of Bills fans. And I'll hear them just say some, what? we're getting arguments. I said, first of all, who's, you know, you got one guy throwing the ball, but who else is on that team? What's 95% of your team? But you're thinking it's still, oh, shut up and throw the ball, shut up and dribble. But yes, you're watching them doing something you can't do. I'm like, is it a jealousy thing maybe? I, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, we, we should be past that point. And I'm going to say we're – it's just it just looks bad. It, it irritates me, as you guys know, because I just think back about my grandparents, you know, the stuff they had to go through, you know, living in that time. You had to go to separate everything. And their, their lives really didn't matter. Let's say at that time, they, they could give a fuck less if you lived and died or, you know, they could do whatever they wanted. You know, I'd say white people could do what they wanted. They had the privilege, you know. They knew it, and to this day, they know when they have the privilege. They know they can do us. You can get on the phone and go, oh, oh, black man, he, he bothered me. He followed me. I could be walking the other way. I could come around, and God knows, God forbid something happens, and that's what kind of world we live in now. You, you would think it would change. I don't think it's changed. It's just hidden a lot more, and it doesn't come out as much as it used to, but you know, some people really don't care, as you can see, but Back to Dolan, he should have this right here. This was big. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't blame any player for coming to the Knicks. I for not coming to the Knicks. Kiss my ass. I'm, no. Yeah, to me, it had a lot of that Jerry Jones type of feel to it, where the slave owner mentality, just like I really don't care what I say. They work for me. Mm -hmm. So we're respectful and peaceful because I tell them to be that way. You know, th th that's what I got out of it. And if I'm a player, no matter what my color of my skin may be, I'm not going to that shithole. But as usual, and what it always comes down to is the dollar sign. People follow the money. And what I will say usually sports brings people together i mean for better or worse among the leagues i will say the nba does a pretty good job as far as awareness mm -hmm. they, uh, although they're not percentage-wise a, a high number of white or international players there's never been a feeling of, you know, separation. Mm -hmm. it, it's always been inclusion. And you can look among the coaches, 
Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, David, Willie Benelson this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, AJ Reddick, he's 100% behind the players. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more of a eternity. And tying this back to the 80s, Magic and Bird, one black player, one white player, it led to a divide way back when, and it took for both of them to come together for the better good of the league and for more of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's well said. You know, well, what we need to do is, I mean, as hard as it may sound, we all have to come together in order to make this work. Mm-hmm. You know, booting and writing, not going to solve anything. Not going to solve it. I just got to bring this up. This was actually, I got to say, this was my actual pledge for my elementary school, and this has stuck in my head. It goes, success is me, my teachers, and my work. That way there is no hurt. When the grades come out, we all can shout, success is me, my teachers, and my work. Malcolm, Martin, Robert, and John all died for freedom to help us get strong. With books and pens and notebooks, too, let's all work together to make that dream, too. That right there, I was... I mean, my principal came up with that, and we had to say it every single day. And as I look, it just comes back right now. I'm just like, wow. Everybody really has to still come together. It's no matter what. I mean, that's the one thing. This country was born on division, but it can also bring it down. And that's what it's doing right now. And I just... Hopefully, for our kids' sakes, <laughs> something got to change. Because, like raising kids in this era right now, these years, everyone has to do better. Yeah, absolutely. I think when lies are said so much, it feels like they become truths. That that really feels like we're at. I don't think people realize the history of this country. It wasn't like white people were out there stabilizing the economy in the 1700s and the 1800s. Picking That wasn't white people. White people weren't building the White House. You know, all this stuff. Our country was built at the hands of, you know, Africans that were brought over here through the brutality of the slave trade. And even though we keep on going forward it's like we're just taking baby steps every decade it's just a baby step it's just a baby step during my lifetime in the 90s i mean i listened to tupac not a biggie fan so sorry new york you know always rock Pac and dr dre death row records nwa love me some nwa but all this still it just it why isn't it enough? You know, you just keep on fighting and you see sports. A, a lot of people, you know, 100 million kids play high school sports. And unless you're in some hick, bum town, chances are there's going to be a lot of diversity on your team. I mean, I remember I played football in the eighth grade. I was the only white guy on the team. You know, it just is what it is. But you learn acceptance. Once you start learning about people, keeping an open mind, and I argue a lot with a lot of people, the only way that you can actually affect change is by talking, trying to educate people on everything that's going on. Basketball by far is the best sport at doing this. 
I mean, the football is so far behind. It's it's sad. Baseball, they've just given up. You know, you can just really see that. You know, as long as you're cheap, they'll bring you on and do what they can with you. Hockey's non-existent, so we don't need to discuss hockey. <laughs> but I, I admire basketball. No, basketball owners are, are really good, I think, for the most part, understanding this. You take a lot, look, all the statements that came out. 26 NBA teams issued a statement about George Floyd last I checked. The worst one was the Knicks. Yeah. In the most diverse place. <laughs> oh, man, you got to love it. You can't no, make it up. It's like athletes are the ones that don't see color because we all have one common goal to win. If we all had that same mindset, it would be much easier. But, you know, as usual, it's trying to get the most money and it's the competition. Instead, you know, these leagues, it's all one fraternity and it's probably going to take them to help us get together. We had, we had to come up with a plan because... the role we're taking is not it's not fruitful. Nope. So much so the NBA came up with a uh, committee for social justice. Uh, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich is on it, David Fisdale, Stan Van Gundy, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Bickerstaff is on there. So they got to have a good number of coaches. Doc Rivers, mm-hmm. um, smart guys, they're all with her well articulated and <laughs> safe to say it was going to lead the charge not to be the NBA. Yeah. It's so awesome hearing stuff like that because it indicates people are listening, you know, listen. And I tell people this all the time that don't understand these situations. Your experience is not every experience. You know, I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, you know, but you drive 10 minutes north, I mean, they would have KKK meetings there. So my experience of growing up, I mean, my best friend is half black, half Simone, big man. He could have played in the NFL, but different story for a different day. But his grandma grew up in Arkansas. His grandfather grew up in Mississippi. And they told us when I came over for the first time, I think I was like four years old. She was like, Matthew, we're going to have a chat. So they educated me on what it was like. You know, I knew about the civil rights movement. I knew about the water fountains. I knew about the buses. I knew about all the stuff before they even taught it in school. And my parents were like, yeah, you need to go listen to that. You need to understand what other people go through. Not enough people do that. You have to understand just because you were told something doesn't mean it's right. But do your research, look it up, talk to people, find out what it was like for them, you know. And I, I, I will say, this is probably for another, another show, but, you know, researching and all would, would help, but I don't think people will get it unless they actually experience it, which yep. is the sad part. So, that's you know, that's, that, that's probably the way it's going to be, unless people are, are, are angry, they want to be heard, and this is the result you're seeing. So, you know, I, I just I just hope there's some better days ahead. Sure. 
speaking. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, to me, it's like, how can you not want to listen to these people and, and, and love the players that you see? Like, Dr. J was charismatic. I want to know more about Dr. J. Like, I, I want to know more about his experiences and what he's done. I mean, Maurice Cheeks, very intelligent person when you listen to him talk. Like, all these guys, you know, I, I just, I, it frustrates me because you see all these guys and, and you know that they're good people. You see them, but yet we still have this thought process in our head. Oh, they're dangerous. No, no, we're dangerous. It's, it's very frustrating to experience, frustrating to witness, and even more maddening to, to, to watch tone deaf people just fail to comprehend or just don't want to. So, mm -hmm. thanks the latter. <laughs> just don't want to. Hey, that's exactly what matter. And you see me, man. You try to explain it in the, most, the, the nicest way possible. And then Leo had to check me and go, it's not even worth it. Because he knows I am with that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to get you to understand what is going on, why things are going the way they are. And then you just go off on their own little zone. And I'm just like, you know what? This is why. That's all. That's the only answer. Yeah. yeah. yeah right? if, if they don't want to know, they don't want to know. Look at the, <laughs> look at the King's uh, oh, God. Uh, the announcer. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure he's him into it, and he sure enough took it hard. Reeled him in. <laughs> All lives matter. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I do love Boogie Cousins. I wanted him to be a bull for a long time. Now with torn ACLs and torn Achilles, I mean, I, he, he can stay with the Lakers. But... You know, it's just amazing when you see stuff like that. How, how stupid do you have to be to bite into stuff like that? You, you know what's going to happen. It just speaks to their intelligence, I guess. But, man, it, it's brutal when you see stuff like that. Oh, man. <laughs> and I know they didn't like each other for a long time, but still, just zip it, man. Don't even... I guess it doesn't matter, and and that's how it is these days now. You know, once you know, forty five got in the office. Hate to get political, but people got brave, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna say what the fuck I want now." You telling everybody to grab people by the pussy? I can say what the fuck I want. I'm like, "Yeah, we're in a different time now. You say what you want." <laughs> I don't know how far it's gonna get you, but but yeah, it's just people getting a little bit too bold now. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. wrong way to use your platform. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm just surprised that the callousness of people in general, like, how, how can you just treat someone so callously just because they don't look like you or talk like you or act like you? I mean, I, I'm a cantankerous old man. I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't like loud music anymore. You know, I just want to be left alone, but I want everyone to be left alone. No one needs to be harassed. No one needs to be pulled over by the cops. I mean, the crap that they're doing here in Phoenix is, I mean, they arrested 200 people Sunday night. Same charges for all 200 people. You know, these people are peacefully protesting. You have your looters and rioters. 
and it, it ain't the Black Lives Matter movement, you know. There's a lot of crackers in those uh, groups of looters and rioters. Mm -hmm. So just to see that the peaceful protesters are getting targeted, and then you got the leader of your country supposedly tear gassing and shooting rubber or rubber pellets at people protesting, so you could take a picture in front of a church with a Bible upside down. Yep. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's pointing to where he's going. That's true. <laughs> oh man, <sighs> man, just things that make you go. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I really hope there's better things ahead and something come on TV. Speaking of which, the NBA is coming back July 31st. 22 teams. Uh, we're going to try to have a playing system. It sounds pretty complicated. Uh, I think the distance between the eighth and ninth spots has to be within four games to be determined. Uh, uh, clinched playoff curve, mm -hmm. but they're going to play eight games to determine the, the rest of the seeding between one and eight. Uh, so with eight to 12 in the Western Conference is separated by four games. Uh, Sacramento, San Antonio, Portland. Memphis. Memphis. And uh, no, no, there's another team in there. Uh, um, I don't know. No. That might be it. It's funny that you speak of this because when I saw it come out, this is how bad basketball is in Chicago right now. I looked for the Bulls and I'm like, man, do the Bulls have a chance? I was like, oh, Western Conference, Western Conference, Western Conference. Oh, shit, no Bulls. Okay. I didn't bother looking at it. That's kind of where I have to be at as a Bulls fan now. It's just like, man, I, I know. Shout out to Felipe Melicio and. He always tells me there's hope for the Bulls. You know, they got Kobe White and Laurie Markinen. And he, he's selling me hope at the beginning of the year. And it's just like, oh, man, this team is garbage. <laughs> you got Zach Levine? I mean, you got the <laughs> And then the distance between uh, the eighth and ninth spots in the Eastern Conference, the Magic, even the Wizards. Mm -hmm. So once. You know, that's determined uh, four games. They'll end the playoffs um, in the season and then start the playoffs. It's supposed to end October 31st. No, no, October 12th. My bad. October 12th. It, that would be game seven. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. See, it's like, it seems like it's just like drawn out. I mean, at least, like I said, as a Knicks fan, get the hell. I want the lottery to be over with so I can, you know, complain about who the hell. You know, they might get or the placement. I know we'll get seventh, seventh or eighth to piss me off. But um, yeah, just get the just do what you were gonna do. Get the lottery done, get the draft done in between like the playoffs somewhere. Don't drag it all the way out and make these kids wait this long to see where they're gonna, you know, begin the next stretch of their career or the next step of their career. And I like what they're doing with the playoff setting, you know, the play ins because we all know the seventh and eighth, that's pretty much the eighth and ninth. They pretty much put themselves out. You'll be fine. But just get everything else done, and then you can just focus on that. But we'll see how it goes. I'm just happy to have basketball coming back. 
Yeah, yeah, it'd be it, nice. And what, what's, you, you're right about it being thrown out. And, like, I have two months to play eight games and a play around the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're traveling anymore. You know, you're, only one, you're only one spot. Uh, and, it's not even, and it's not even the entire league. Exactly. Like, what's the point? Like, what are you doing? It's, are, are, are they doing... Are they going to do the one through sixteen seating? Are they doing it by conference? Conference. Conference, yeah. They can't get this right, can they? No. Need the league. I mean, the two best teams, in my opinion, are the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, ideally, I would like to see those two in a seven-game series. I know it's LA, and that could make people nauseated, but Milwaukee's good. But I don't think they're as deep as the Clippers. I don't think they can win that series, but it, it almost feels like it's destined to be yeah, I don't know about Milwaukee now, with having this much time off Giannis may have to do some Superman stuff Gotta learn how to shoot <laughs> I mean, Go a long way for his game He's the one playing in the league, if he gathers a jump shot He's winning like LeBron MVP <laughs> Well, Ben Simmons, too, if Ben Simmons had a jump shot. Yeah, but I don't – what do you practice? <laughs> I never I never got it. I've never seen somebody, like a team celebrate like they did when he – and, of course, his first three of his career was against the Knicks. But um, he hit that three. You would have thought they wanted to – I mean, he did a Kawhi Leonard shot when he bouncing in and they celebrating. Hold on. He still can't shoot for shit. What? What good are you? How are you supposed to take that next step? Like, he's Magic Johnson. Like, he basically be a Magic Johnson because he can facilitate. He can get to the rim. You know, his playmaking skills are good. But Magic can shoot the ball. Even with his ugly ass, whatever the hell push yeah, that, that Ugly. Yeah. But uh, it was super ugly. <laughs> now I'm getting my Jay-Z boys. But, um, but damn. Ben Simmons, I, I really hope he's practicing, doing something, but that's another thing you got to worry about. What kind of condition are these guys going to be in? Well, how much time they need to get ready to do it? And it's going to be really weird, but they want to get it done. So we'll see. I mean, honestly, I think this helps out LeBron immensely because, I mean, he's older and you just gave him a rest for three months, four months. I'll be surprised if the Lakers don't win this thing. Yeah, I, I would actually like to see them win it, win it for Kobe. That would be cool to see. You know, just the narrative and just after what happened and for them to win it would be. If they win it, I got to kick Randy off my podcast. Oh, man. That's a party. Party like 1999. He's going to be wearing his Lakers jersey on a football podcast. He's going to be talking about the Lakers on a football podcast. He's going to be on your guys' podcast. He's going to be on the baseball podcast. And he ain't going to talk about any sports. He's going to be talking about the Lakers winning the championship. But you, you know the beautiful thing about winning these podcasts? The mute button. <laughs> That's right. Randy doesn't host the podcast for us. So, But no, in, in all seriousness, Randy's one of the best dudes you could ask for. Really great guy. So, I'm just busting his chops. Yeah, he's a good guy. But, Love having more. Yeah, same here. But you know who else you also gave three months off to? Kevin Durant. Oh, gosh. Oh, stop Kyrie it. Kyrie Irving. 
They'll get mad at somebody. Uh, y'all make Brooklyn look bad. I'm embarrassed them from Brooklyn. Was how's, how's Kevin Durant going to shoot the ball when Kyrie's always shooting it? Oh no, he'll, he'll pass. He'll pass to Kevin. He, he knows the uh, he knows the hierarchy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, what's coaching though? Tyron Lue. He come along. Who you got? Yeah, they, they coach themselves. <laughs> Kyrie or Juan? He'll be on the bench. Pouting first first loss. He'll be complaining about something. Yeah. But yeah, the Nets will—they're gonna be a wild card if he—if he's healthy enough to play. I think they can—they can make a little run. Yeah, I, I think they're the, they're the biggest wild card. Yeah, you gave a lot of teams time to rest up, but yeah, evidently I can see three teams: Milwaukee, the Lakers, and the Clippers. It's no one in the West else is a threat. You think Denver? Um... I always want to give Denver the benefit of the doubt, but they cannot win the big game. For some reason, they just can't get over that hump with that lineup. Murray, Harris, you know, Porter Jr., you know, while well, he comes off the bench, but Jokic, Millsap. I'm like, they have a legit five. You know, with the bench is not as strong with Beasley going to Minnesota and Hernan Gomez. But still, they're a talented team, and you're just like, why can't you ever get over the hump? I don't. I just thought you have a team. It was New Orleans. There you go. There you go. Don't forget about OKC too. OKC. Yeah. Oh we yeah. Once New Orleans in the playoffs, first play. They get in. I mean, they might give the Lakers some trouble, but uh, I don't. I don't see Memphis holding that eighth spot. I, I see Portland jumping them. Yeah, I can. I would rather see Portland jump them, to be honest, because Memphis is too – they're too raw, you know. They don't mm-hmm. really – Jackson, I mean, he barely can shoot as it is. He's still finding out his game. Moran is just – he's a rookie of the year. He's doing this thing. But anything – oh, they have the other guy. Um, Valsionis. Oh, Valsionis? Yeah, they have him, but it's not enough. But I'd rather definitely see Portland take that eighth and let Dane and CJ go nuts in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Zion or uh, Ja do some stuff in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that Pelicans team is fun to watch, man. Good. Yeah. I, I just want to see Brandon Ingram and, like, Bonzo get their event against LeBron and just, like, take them out. But. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'll be exciting to see, you know, next month. Absolutely. With Lonzo taking that step forward, his jumper looking a lot better. I don't know. He he booted his dad to the curb, so. I mean, his ugly ass (laughs) 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 That a boy. Those things were so bad. I, I don't, man. And he was just praising them like they were the next coming to Jordan's people. You sit your ass down, throw that all in the garbage. You know, that brings up, you guys get the first pick? Are you drafting ball? Growing on me, to be honest, I want I would rather have Anthony Edwards or Wiseman. But we need the playmaker, and your shot, his shot can be fixed. If it, listen, if they can fix his brother's shot, LaMelo's going to be fixing. You can't really teach him making ability like he has. I don't think he'll be taking those dumb Steph Curry shots like he was in high school in Australia. 
I mean, I would honestly, I would take him. We have to we need a point. Either him or Cole Anthony, in my opinion, but Cole is not going that high. But I think, yeah, I don't think so either. Even though he's a UNC guy, and Leon knows my holding of North Carolina, you know, Jordan, yeah, whatever. The, the last I heard, it's picking seven, right? Yeah, yeah, they probably will. Yeah, both going one, so you, you probably like yeah, Cole Anthony right here. Yeah, I can see Cole Anthony, you know, New York kid. Coming home. Ball's coming to Chicago, so it just makes sense. That's fine. That's fine. You can take his dad. No, no, no. We don't want his dad. Now he got to go with you. He's going to speak it to but I can say this now. He might speak it into existence because he really wants his kid in New York. He, he wants that. No. He might get it with Lonzo. Why not? That would be such a combin- bad combination with Dolan and Lamar. Oh, man. That, that might drive, drive Dolan. Do it. Draft Lamelo. Draft him right. Now. Get it done right now. Put the cards in. Drive Dolan crazy. Yes. That's all. That might be our out. Um, no, no one them. They'll probably trade all the picks for like some aging star like Chris Paul. Yeah, they probably will. No, they would have to sign a four that's undersized that can't shoot. <laughs> Another Julius Randle spin move. That's a spin cycle. Got to pay somebody. That's true. Spin cycle. Oh God. Um, I forgot to. We forgot to touch on it last week. Uh, uh, passing of Jerry Sloan. Yes. Longtime Utah Jazz coach. Great coach. Yeah, hard luck. Uh, hard luck loser. You know, fell victim to Jordan. Uh, stopped him alone. Last mm-hmm. last person to give Cameron Williams some heart. You know, uh, and yesterday, uh, long time was it Bullet Center was unsell. Kevin Love's a godfather. The best outlet passes you ever see. Mm-hmm. Yep, really good. He, he was excellent. That's man. It seems like everybody dropping over twenty twenty, man. Man, just this year's trash, man. Just mm-hmm. throw it all away. The word. Start the new one. With some sports. Coming soon. Coming soon. Oh, you know, this has really been a fun episode. Absolutely. Um, man, we really I really enjoyed having you on. Uh Jacob as always, good stuff. Uh you guys have any parting words to uh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming on. It's been great. I mean, he's he's really for the cause. I I'm, feel like I gained a brother, to be honest. I mean, it's been awesome. Um, and also, shout out to Felipe, a brother, and Roz. Congratulations on your little girl. She's beautiful. You know, looking healthy. Congratulations to you guys. And you'll be great parents. Leon and Jacob, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. I finally get to show a little bit of my basketball going back to the 80s. Yeah, it was more than us. I mean, uh, it's because I'm ancient. But no, I mean, it has been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to kind of spread my wings a little bit and talk some different sports other than football. So it's been great. And Jacob, I feel the same way, man. You guys are like family to me. Uh, you guys need anything? Would love to have you guys on the Audible at some point. 
you know, Randy and I need to start booking guests, so be on the lookout for that. I know Leon's a tortured Detroit Lion fan, so I have plenty to rip him on that. Oh, I got a rant ready for you. Oh, yeah. yeah you, guys did, you guys did good in the draft. You got Jeff Okuda. Yeah, but, you know, it, 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 yeah, Okuda's good. Um, I like their, their back they, they picked up. Johnson's going to get hurt by week two, so. He'll retire in two years. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a whole I got a whole rant ready for you. I can't really talk. So. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a Jets fan, so you got an O line now. Yeah, yeah, excitement. Keep uh, Sam Darnold away from those thoughts. That's fine. Those ghosts too, man. He got he got to got to get it out of here. <laughs> he'll be okay. If he stays on his he stays upright, he'll be good. I don't know who he's throwing to, but he'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be good to go on the show, huh? I mean, yeah, I would love to have you guys on. I think it would be fantastic. It'd be a good talk. So, but yeah, th thanks again for having me. And man, it's been a blast. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Catch the Audible. What's the next time we catch the Audible? This Friday, airing at. See, I have to convert to Eastern time because I'm on Pacific time right now. So, 4:30 Pacific time. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Catch that. Catch that, man. They're good, they're good stuff. And to anyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for your time. And until next time, ball out. Sir.